To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby. Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because GEICO gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim. That's going to be a nail biter. Nope. The GEICO team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. GEICO is awesome, baby, with a capital A. GEICO. Great service without all the drama. Look around you. That car you're driving. That house your family lives in. Making your daughter laugh. Inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive. Teaching him he can be anything. All you. And your dreams for tomorrow. You'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen. They are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance. Protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. On this episode of DC On Screen, wise words from Work the Chicken. Birds of Prey releases early to add a little lime to your corona. Wonder Woman 1984 moves to August. Updates on the breach and the tone of Aquaman 2. All that and more of your questions answered are coming up after a short mystery ad that helps us crank out that content, including what DC television show we think needs a change in showrunners and what our pitch would be for the upcoming season. The suspense, y'all, is killing me. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 588. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This, my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. And this is the podcast where we discuss the DC Comics multiversal film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of the property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. Beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Well, work the chicken. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Over on Apple Podcasts. Good enough place to start. Let's yeah. do it. Gives us five stars. Fantastic Says if you, name. If you like DC, you have that name you will, five stars. Yeah. If you like DC, you will, you will love this. My one-stop shop for everything DC and my secret weapon to make me look good, <laughs> make me look like a comic book genius to all of my friends. Nice. After listening to them for years, I have way more knowledge and opinions when it comes to DC Comics than any of my friends. I first came to this podcast for the news and commentary. But stayed for the squirrels and bat hot dogs. Sweet. Just bat wieners, sir. <laughs> bat wieners. Feel like but I'll take just, it. I feel like it just might have been being modest. <laughs> he knows his wieners. Or yep. she. We don't yep. know. That's fair. They know his wieners. No, she. It says chicken, right? Not rooster. Yeah, I don't I don't think people think about that. <laughs> I agree. I'm saying if we were trying to overdiagnose this. Uh-huh. That's where I'd start. That's generally what we do on this show. Mm-hmm. Ignorantly, but. <laughs> but, you know, it's our specialty, so what are you going to do? Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Birds of Prey, or uh, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, or whatever it's called these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you're going to be able to get it tomorrow, streaming, early. Yep. Because coronavirus. Yep. So, praise the heavens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> she giveth and she taketh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, all this stuff sucks. Really sucks. Yeah. Um, but you'll get to watch Birds of Prey tomorrow if you want to. That is something. It is. It'll help. Uh, <laughs> Anthony over on Twitter asks us uh, if we think the that Wonder Woman is going to be um, moved and when it will be moved to. He's saying he thinks August. Um, I didn't actually read the tweet because I didn't copy the right tweet. I copied a reply that Anthony made to someone else. Mm. But uh, so far, it's ju- still June 5th. It genuinely wouldn't surprise me, though, if it was pushed back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see it being pushed back to August. Dave here from the future. As of March 24th, Wonder Woman 1984 has been pushed back officially from June 5th to August 14th. I now return you to whatever the hell our show normally is. I mean, last time we were talking, uh, I think Regal shut down altogether. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no point in releasing the movie until the theaters are back. So That's right. Look at that day with a question mark until further notice. Yep. I'm, I'm good. Or just, you know, hey, here's an idea. Uh, reset the norm. Fuck all the everything that's ever been happening before and just release it to us just to dc on screen yeah just to just to me and dave mm-hmm. we'll both pay approximately 350 million dollars to make sure that all of the money is um you know accounted for opening weekend mm. mm-hmm. i will pay nothing well i can't afford that so i don't think you could you know whether with me involved uh, <laughs> no now that i think about it my printer would run out of ink before that happened so never mind Mm-hmm. bad plan mm-hmm. give us the movie i want the movie i want the movie all right so um gosh there's still a lot to talk about here uh james gunn is editing the suicide squad from home because you know social distancing mm-hmm. also <laughs> a thing that i've always suspected could be done at home mm-hmm. it's just software that's right i, I like you know a, a people around is a good thing sometimes people around is a bad thing sometimes it's hard to say mm-hmm which also sort of indirectly gives a little more credence to the idea that Zack Snyder has been working on his cut at home. <laughs> sure. Why not? What the hell else? <laughs> oh man. Uh, over so, there with a copy of Maya just forking <laughs> shit out. <laughs> Best of luck. Hope I see it. Uh huh. Sounds great. Yep. Stunt coordinator from the flash said that this is Eunice Huthart said that, um, her work on the production was supposed to begin at about about the end of April, beginning of May. She says, I'm not sure what's happening now with that. So that was pre-production on Flash, the Ezra Miller movie. Right. Yeah. So be mad at coronavirus for that. Another thing. Another <laughs> more Sabo Just into the works. Throw it on the board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, the writer for Aquaman 2 says uh in in response to someone asking what comics we should be reading in quarantine to prepare for Aquaman 2 mm-hmm. says we are not taking any one particular comic book story and adapting it but if you want to know the vibe we're going for pick up pretty much any silver age story featuring black manta i did see that somewhere how do you feel about that silver age huh yeah i mean i, I don't have anything against it outright but I feel like I have to do more research to, to have a better opinion. I mean, I dug the Silver Age vibe in Batman the Brave and the Bold. So it can be done well. Yeah, we got plenty of Silver Age on my walls that I, I have enjoyed. But, you know, it's it's not something... <laughs> there's a lot to go back to. So being deeply versed in any of them is... Uh, fuck, even for us, just 
a lot. Yeah, I can almost hear the uh, the collective groans of the Snyder fan base. Oh, it's going to be camp. No, that is not necessarily what that means at all. I know. Yeah. It's, I don't feel that way. It's just not. Uh, Silver Age can be... Uh, it was actually one of the times where they were trying to break into having more meaning, if I, if I could just generalize it. Mm-hmm. It had been a crazy time with the Comics Code Authority and whatnot. And, you know, that, uh, that creative... Um, what do they call it? The uh, creative, what, what's the thing where you attenuate something? Mm. It's the, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you put a bunch of creatives in a box and give them too many restrictions. And they're like, fuck you, we're going to do this anyway. Yeah. And find a new novel way to do it that you just thought was like, I haven't prepared for this at all. Creative constrictions. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the word I wanted. <laughs> I don't know why you're asking me like I was an English major or something. I thought maybe you'd have a term on top of your head. It was possible. Except well, that was an English major. The reason major I ran across I just... it was earlier. Yeah, I mean, I know. But <laughs> I had hope. But the reason I had, uh, I, I was wondering, because I, I ran across this earlier today on some uh, some post somewhere where uh, they were talking about how Alan Burnett and Bruce Tim basically had to work around the whole Joker can't kill thing uh-huh. by making scenes that were in some ways far more grotesque than a murder scene. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been, it would have been kind and gentle if he had shot some of them instead of what happened to them. Like you just see the the you know the rigor mortis. Uh, grin instead of uh, I believe it's rictus grin <laughs> rictus grin sure we'll call that a thing <laughs> I think it should have been rigor mortis grin not anyway. rigor mortis grin well rigor mortis is the thing where your body stiffens so I always felt like it should be that instead of rictus grin but I, I mean I liked it. It, it I'm good I'm fine it's good well rictus is just like a fixed grimace oh or grin. good 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 so sweet well I like where that landed <laughs> me learning a thing fantastic <laughs> also i went uh somewhere in the post they posted a bunch of the pictures of uh just little screenshots from like dead cops and whatnot with uh-huh. the uh the rictus grin and uh yeah it feels good now doesn't it yeah yeah uh, I'm, i feel like i'm part of something now like a lambskin condom yeah yeah those are just okay. me going to vulgar again i don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> Anyway, some of those scenes, I was still like, oh, no, I remember that. I haven't seen that in I don't know how long, but I know that scene. It haunted me. I went to I went to school the next day thinking about that scene. Yeah, well. Hell, they didn't even mention pouring poison down uh, Clayface's throat. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was. That one really, that that had me for the week yeah. when I was a kid. That was, that was for, for the next week. That was pretty much all that was on my mind. It's like, Jesus, that is gruesome. See, uh, yeah, it was, all I could think of was, I wish that was me, and I wish it was banana pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Or peanut butter. I'm good on both. They did not make that sound like it was going to be a a fun gorging experience of some kind. It wasn't (laughs) like, I love orange juice, no pulp, oh my god, fantastic. Gulp, 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 gulp. It was just like... In the best possible version, it was like a bad genie wish or a monkey's paw kind of moment. We're like, uh-huh. I wish I could just have all the banana pudding I want. You know, you know, I'm one of those scenes from The Simpsons that always stuck with me is uh, there was a Halloween special where, where Homer goes to hell. He uh, <laughs> sells his soul for a donut. Yeah. I remember <laughs> and, that premise. Uh, yeah. And um, in the middle of the night, he... Well, he decides he's going to trick the devil, and he's only going to eat, like, most of the donut. He's going to leave, like, one bite. Mm-hmm. 
And he like leaves it in the fridge and there are like little signs posted around it. Do not eat daddy's little soul donut. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, he comes up and goes, mm, forbidden donut. And he mm-hmm. eats it. And Flanders, who is the devil in this premise, uh, sends him to hell. And he's thrown into this torture chamber, strapped to a to a bed, sitting upright. And the the demon says, "So you like donuts, do you? Well, then have all the donuts in the world." And they just start like with a like with a machine, just putting donuts into his mouth. Mm-hmm. And he's just on 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 more on 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 more on 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 more naturally. And then it just cuts to him just gigantic, and he's still going, oh, oh, more. Um, um." (laughs) The demon is just perplexed. I don't understand. (laughs) And that that is how I feel, like, about myself. I don't understand. Why do I I keep eating? But that's also, like, magic working both ways, where magic works for the devil and then against the devil. Uh Because in this magical thing where he has the fortitude of a glutton, he doesn't have to worry about consequences. Like this would make may- way more sense for the devil if they did a more subtle thing, where like every time he showed up somewhere, there was just like two two free donuts with every meal and blah blah blah, and like for four to seven years, he just felt sluggish and off and strange, and he just didn't know where his energy was coming from. He didn't sleep right and blah blah blah, and then eventually he just has diabetes and he can't reverse it because he just can't. Like that's that's the actual human experience is way worse <laughs> than anything mm-hmm. devised in The Simpsons. That's the way to go if you're gonna devil this thing. Make it subtle. You get us down there and you let us think we're still here. Yeah. 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 Actually, that was come to think of it, one of the things Lucifer did really well. I always like that bit from Angel where like uh Holland Holland Manners took uh Angel down that uh down the elevator to hell. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going forever and ever and ever, and then when it finally gets there that opens up and it's just like Los Angeles street level. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a deli on a quarter. No, no big deal. Like, no, hell is here. Hell is here, Angel. Sorry. Yeah, it was a good bit. All right, uh, we got we got Stu Little over here. Says uh, <laughs> last week they asked us. Uh, somebody asked us uh, what our choices for uh, Plastic Man or fan casting for Plastic Man was. Mm-hmm. I said Ben Schwartz or Jim Carrey. <laughs> and Stu Little says so. The choices for Plastic Man are the guy from the Sonic movie or the guy from the Sonic movie. You're not wrong. Yeah, like I didn't realize Ben Schwartz was playing Sonic. Nope, didn't catch that at all. Because I don't care about <laughs> Sonic necessarily. I don't not care. I want to see that movie. I just haven't had time. I'm not saying I don't not care. I mean, I'm not saying I don't care. I'm saying I just don't care. You know what I mean? Like I I'm, feel I'm like you're saying it. you are completely indifferent. I am pretty like, indifferent. Gray Planet, Futurama, <laughs> indifferent. You are yeah, a, a neutral like, of the highest order. Yeah, I not the highest order because I was interested in seeing Carrie's performance. Oh, okay, All right. But I had not. Like, <laughs> You're not a true neutral. I had not. No, she'll be I, banished I, for having a, an opinion. <laughs> it's one of those where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Jim Carrey's going back to like '90s Jim Carrey, or at the very least, you know, early aughts Grinch stole Christmas Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I might watch that. That's usually a really fun diversion. In the sense that, that all media is a diversion. That's yeah. he's fantastic at what he does. But uh, the problem is, it's one of those movies where it will sit on Netflix for like ten years, and me and my wife will both like pass by and go, "Eh, 
<laughs> oh yeah, no, there's a, there's a real possibility of that. Yeah, yeah. I will, and I'm telling you right now, like I don't want to say this, uh huh, but I am probably ninety five percent certain I will never in my life watch Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> The only way this happens is if I do like some sort of binge where I'm just watching all Jim Carrey movies from beginning to end, like from the start of his career to the end of his career, what he's done now or whatever. Cause I could see totally being behind, like going back and revisiting Ace Ventura and, and mask and dumb and dumber, which I've, You've revisited revisit. that several times. That's I not even re- a revisit. You just you just re- head over head over it to a ho- to its house across the street from time to time. <laughs> I revisit Dumb and Dumber way too often. Yeah, but um... <laughs> that's not it's not nostalgic by any stretch. At, at this point, I need to like reevaluate me reevaluate what my favorite films are because I'm pretty sure it's on the list. I, I mean, it's it was delightful. Um, that, but. You never know what kind of creeps up when you're not paying attention. I mean, uh, a couple months ago or whenever it was, I I watched uh, fucking the the uh, Pokemon Pikachu movie. Uh-huh. And if you had asked me before, what are the odds you ever see this movie? I would have told you like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like nothing. Like uh, just next to nothing is, is are the odds that I see this movie at some point. Mm-hmm. And so help me, I did, and it was fantastic. Like didn't didn't blow me out of the water. I'd be okay if there's never another one. Uh-huh. I'd be fine. But it was all right. It was damned all right. Except for one ridiculous sequence where uh, physics are completely disregarded for reasons that are just absurd. Um, at some point, the woods come alive in the worst possible way. Uh, it, 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 hmm. it tests your suspension of disbelief beyond any possible repair. Yeah. Sounds like a scene from Hellier, a show I've been binging on Amazon. <laughs> You know, you've described it to me, and no, this is worse. <laughs> no, you know, hell, you're. <laughs> I was talking to our friend Eric, and I described the show because, uh, you know, Eric loves a good conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was describing it to him. I was like, it's one of those shows where 20 minutes out from watching it in any direction, you go, eh, that's probably horseshit. But while <laughs> you're watching the show, for you're just like, a moment. No, not even for just a moment. For the entirety of the time oh, you were watching that, that show. Okay, that enthralling. I got you. You are like, there is no way this is not 100% accurate. Yep. <laughs> and affecting my life right now. Yep. Like, this morning, I was a little concerned there might be government helicopters outside of my house. <laughs> like, I heard noises and freaked out. Like, I stopped the show to look out the window and see if there were cop cars All right. about to escort uh, escort me to some secret base. Two things. One, yeah. for contrast. Um, <laughs> I remember thinking during the scene that I'm talking about in this particular movie, I remember actually thinking, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone making this thought they were making a thing that would make sense. I think this is just supposed to be fun and we're just uh-huh. supposed to roll with it. Uh-huh. That's it. It was it was just fantasy for fantasy's sake. Mm. It, vaguely, there was a director saying these scenes are tied together, but 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 no, but no, but no. Um, two, I, I'm I'm suddenly concerned about whether you're emotionally prepared to be watching this show that you're watching. I'm not. I thought I was. And then it, now, now they're in the shit. Now they're yeah. in the shit, man. 
Yeah, of course. I'm like five episodes into season two. They're in the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cave goblins, Kentucky cave goblins, dude. It's like Terry Wrist and the Mothman prophecies and injured cold and it's freaking sons I Connor and Connor. I, I I I get it in a way. <laughs> It was some of my favorite material growing up. Um, uh, quick shout out. If anyone remembers the site Shadowlands.net. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. That thing sustained me for for uh, for years as a teenager. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where, like, you, you could find uh, by county in America, like, in American states, by county, every haunting in that county. It was insane. Like, th- this was the, uh, for a minute, back in, like, the Netscape Navigator days, it was the conglomerate. Of what you could find, uh, the paranormal wise, and you know, it, it, it had EVP recordings, the whole thing. I love this stuff dearly, deeply. I can see without swiveling my head more than forty-five degrees, uh, two tarot cards or two tarot card sets, a Ouija board. Um, I have uh, two candles that are supposedly blessed, but <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I have uh, half-burnt sticks of holy wood. This is for fun for me. It's to keep my sense of wonder, just just kicking and screaming, and somewhere in the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no. I, I, the moment I see like something like that, like something like what you're watching, I just I just turn off. I'm like, oh, this this is they're full of shit. You know what it is though? I'll give you the basics. Um, it's because I've watched too many fucking giant squid doc- documentaries, and they've never caught that fucker. Mm-hmm. It's because I watched Discovery Channel turn from being actual. Like, uh, what ended up being like the, uh, geography channel or, and, uh, what, what is that channel called? I don't know. National Geographic channel where you actually could see animals, cable. you know, <laughs> discovery. I don't know. Yeah. Like discovery at, when I was growing up used to be literally just videos of animals and yeah, it got brutal. You, you, you saw some people, you saw some animals die, but it was also kind of, uh, just it, as best you could just describing the natural environment. And then by honestly, 10 years later, flash forward. I'm I'm seven and then I'm seventeen and by seventeen on a Sunday afternoon I'm sitting there watching on Discovery Channel like Alien Autopsy is it real by mm-hmm. fucking narrated by Riker right um no no it's not it's not real there's no chance of it being real this is bullshit from start to front start to mm-hmm. front front to back start to <laughs> start to end whatever it, it was never a thing uh I I think that part of me died somewhere along the way yeah I miss it. I was I was telling my sister. So she I have got tarot me, cards in the meantime. My my sister got me into Hellier, and uh, I was like, you know, the thing that really stops me from getting all in on this is that even though while I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, it's happening. After like what I'm, the thing that makes me think, eh, it's bullshit, is the fact that if they actually found something, it would already be news. Yeah. Or I realized that after a couple documentaries, it would either be news or um, it wouldn't be released because government yeah pretty much um at some point i finally did the math myself and was like oh no no there's no way there's just no way there's no way this was released at 2 30 in the afternoon or you know on discovery channel which even at i swear as like an eight or nine year old i was starting to get the idea that they were ratings and that they mattered mm -hmm. um yeah i just started realizing that and it was painful a little bit my uh my sister though said you know there, you know, there's a good possibility that they just think, you know, the best way to discredit something is to let it, you know, be aired because people are going to think that like, oh, if it was real, they wouldn't, they would never release it. <laughs> See, I, 
I remember thinking about that, and I remember thinking, you know what? <laughs> no. No. No? You don't think so? Yes and no. Like, if you just did it in plain sight with no apologies. Uh-huh. It, <laughs> then maybe. Um, but uh, overall, no. I think, like, if you tried to just hide it by explaining it and saying, like, well, I mean, I know, but whatever, and just hiding it, uh, I or, or just putting it on an outlet that... Uh, no, I, I don't think that would take... I think we would investigate it a little bit. There would be a whole thing that happened. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, it was less than two years ago. The New York Times reported that there was somewhere in... Uh, I forget where exactly. One of the western states. That there were metals unknown to this earth that they were still investigating uh, in a hidden bunker. Uh-huh. I, I don't even know what to do with that. No one sounds, does. That's why no one like, knows about it. It sounds like the New York Times said, Yeah, Area 51's real. It's just not where you thought it was. Uh huh. And no one fucking cared. That's right. I'm I'm still a little bit off put by that particular article. I right. think about it often, and it I I don't I don't have a way to explain. I I I got it. That one still baffles me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm just thoroughly. Uh, if I just think the system is that disrupted, or if I genuinely think like, oh no, something maybe was there, and and you're right about how that went down. I don't know. Yeah. I go between. I, I think largely people just don't care. People don't yeah. care about stuff like like that. That's that's to me that sounds like what the hell does that mean? What's well, one of and, my favorite reactions to if aliens landed? Like imagine it happened mm, in an hour, mm-hmm. and they just landed, mm-hmm. and we greeted them, and the greeting was kind of so so, and they just got back on their ship and went away. Right. I feel like a large percentage of the, of the population would just be like, well, I don't know what to do with that, but you know, I just got to move on. Let's go get a taco. Yeah, I feel like um, there would there would be some tumult in the religious communities, but largely yeah. um, the response would be, "But Black Widow's not getting pushed back again, right?" <laughs> or, or in in the case of the current circumstances, New Mutants isn't isn't getting pushed back again, right? Because I had a date set to not go see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Going back to to Plastic Man, though, uh-huh. Dr. Steve over at Weird Medicine says, uh, if you're casting Plastic Man, how about uh, John Mulaney? I think we've, we've someone else mentioned John Mulaney. I didn't even think about that guy, honestly. That's it's a great call, though. It's a pretty great call. Yeah. He, I'm he has fantastic timing. He does. <sighs> He's a bit well, smallish in a way, but who cares? Well, I mean, Grow smallish? I mean... Plastic Man looks small. He looks, you know, thin, yeah, wiry. No, um, I say he looks smallish, but he only does without anyone ever. He he looks smallish on a stage, which he makes fun of in his sets. That's why I'm thinking of it. Mm. Uh, like he uh, he often comments on his stature, like how he appears. Right. But yeah, and in a cinema context, I have no reason to think that wouldn't. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with it. Fuck it, he's fine. Well, I mean, every time I see that guy, he's in a suit. Mm. By now his that, design. Yeah. Now that uh, Steve mentions it, uh, I just see Eel O'Brien mm-hmm, mm-hmm. waiting for his, uh, his his plastic uh, debut, I guess. I don't know. No, it's a we're, fine call. We're going to break. You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy five-hour energy, of course. 
You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you've instantly won 10, 100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that five hour energy and cut through your to do list like a hot knife through butter. Five hour energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary, must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com slash rules. Void where prohibited, message and data rates may apply. Wouldn't it be fun if John Mulaney just started a a crime spree, but on the lowest possible level, mm-hmm. like just still in snicker bars and shit. That'd be fun. Just to, to try to like get the movement going that he should play plastic man. I could be down for that. We can't just, him just show up outside of CVS or some shit with a, a pack of freaking black and milds or whatever. And just, ha and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would watch that or I'd be, well, I'd watch it, but I'd be down for that viral marketing mm-hmm. but not coronaviral marketing because that's not good no 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 it's, it's, it's not too soon mm. in my situation yes too soon mm. then it was right on time no <laughs> no it's a bad day it's a bad day ah. so long and good night so long and good night april 7th that's when we get the new flash episode mm-hmm so there's that. That's news. <laughs> <sighs> oh, we got we got a, we got something from Stu. It's a Little weird here. time. Weird time for news. In it that is. Situation. It is. Uh, our I friend mean, Stu Little, though. Things are says, still kind of shut down on that side, right? They yeah, they are. They are. And you know, Supergirl. Uh, Nicole Maine said that Supergirl was. They had like a few scenes to pick up from the season finale. Mm-hmm. And that's where they were in production on Supergirl. So before everything shut down, so that sucks. Like they're like really close to getting everything done. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, SL Fricky Stu Little over on Twitter says Huey from the Boys, Eva uh, McCullough on the Flash, and in his original because he he mentioned this to us a couple times and I, I I looked through today and said oh we didn't even mention that We're, or we didn't even um respond to him we're dicks <laughs> um he also brought up David Tennant's uh, character in Grace uh, Grace Point which was an adaptation of Broadchurch uh why do comic book TV showrunners hate making Scottish comic book characters actually Scottish in their adaptations I believe his original question was why do we as Americans hate Scottish characters <laughs> Uh, to my knowledge, we don't. I don't know anything about it. To my personal feelings, we do not. Um, I think but. there. I think there's a. Uh, yeah. I, th- right. I, th- I think people with accents, like like actors with accents, because they want to be versatile enough to get big American roles, like to portray themselves as Americans and things, so that they can, you know, be considered for, you know other bigger american things no we have a we have a big market so it makes sense that people want to be able to show they can do an american accent and play a normal role and right just be considered for roles that uh, honestly make a lot more money than some of the places they come from overseas but uh yeah we we uh unscottish some people that we shouldn't it'd be a lot more fun sometimes if we didn't frankly i agree i just way more fun here's the thing if you, I think what it is, is you, one, you have Scottish actors who are trying to play American mm-hmm. because they, they want for people to know they can do it. The other I mean, thing it's, though, 
it's good for your resume. I get it. Everyone it should is. be able to play. Yeah. Everyone it should is. be able to do some accents. It's good. But I think there's also this issue. Mm-hmm. I think shows like the CW or networks like the CW, uh, networks like Amazon, they say, okay, this character Scottish. Rather than uh, try to look for a Scottish actor, they say, we're going to find, try to find the best actor we can. And if they can't be Scottish, we're not going to force it because then forcing it is going to make it way worse. Like, Yeah, if I had to choose between picking some random American actor to play a role, changing the name and forgetting the background. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, within the context of my show, I could probably make that work. Mm-hmm. Or going out of my way to find a Scottish actor or actress that can do it. Or finding someone who can do that accent so well that it's not going to get commentary on the internet afterward. Right. One of these three options requires less resources. And then there's the other issue. The people who are so Scottish and so good at being Scottish, you can't understand what they're saying. (laughs) This is true. I I mean, from our angle, growing up deeply uh, American, uh, have you ever heard like two Irish people or two Scottish people talk? Yeah. And I had to put on subtitles. It is a different conversation entirely than anything we are prepared for. And Mm -hmm. I know on paper, if you gave me the exact words, I would understand. But listening to it, fuck me. It's rough. Um, I mean, I I worked with an Irish chef who uh, who's every now and then they would go back to Ireland for, you know, a little furlough uh, for a couple of weeks. And he his wife, who at this point had lived with him for 20, 25 years, I think was the first time he said that. I mean, they they've been married for fucking 50 years, Mm -hmm. but every time they would go back, he would go back to certain pubs that he had visited before. Literally find some of the same people that he had visited when he went to those pubs the first time. Um, because localization is uh, important and the, the pub atmosphere is different than anything that we're familiar with. And he would go in and start talking and 10 minutes into the conversation, his wife would have to just kind of nudge him and be like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about anymore. <laughs> he would have to sit there and translate because it had gone into something that was just completely foreign. Yeah. It's it like it's neat. I like I appreciate this this part of uh, how vocabulary and language works. I, I deeply adore it in a way, but I will defend the CW on this one thing. It's hard to find the resources to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't have a lot of money for that. Uh, you want to hear a weird one though? What's that? Um, I ran across some headline flipping through somewhere. That was uh, the most Googled Scott. Uh huh. Number one was dude from 300 whose name I can't remember. Okay. Uh, Gerald, maybe Gerald Butler. Okay. I'm going to say it was from 300. Anyway, um, Gerald Butler. Anyway, so number one was a dude who I recognized, but clearly cannot remember that well right now because I remembered him and thought, oh, okay. Number two was Karen Gillan. Hmm. Who I feel like should be number one. Number three was some dude that I, I don't even, I don't even know where, I, I, I've never seen him before in my life. I don't know who number four or five was. I just saw the headline. Uh, mm-hmm. But the fact that, uh, yeah, I don't know, that David Tennant wasn't even involved. It That's hurts sad. me. It hurts me in a way. <sighs> you know. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to say Gerald Butler. <laughs> Gerard Butler, by the way. Gerard Butler. Yeah, it's okay. Um, all right, so I think we answered that adequately. Was he also the guy that uh, Kelmarger kills in Black Panther? Killmonger in Black Panther. Gerard Butler. 
I don't think so. But I don't remember. I don't either. That name just strikes me. I I had to like, but I had to like sit there and think about those names, all the names you gave me. Yeah, I, mean, I did the same thing. Yeah, because I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You're talking about I was there too. Uh, Claw. Is yeah, that was, Claw. Who was no, Claw? That's, that's not Gerard Butler. That's um Andy Circus. Oh fuck me. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, Travis. My brain went especially wayward on that one. <laughs> Carry on. Travis Hines, are you two still keeping up with Legends of Tomorrow? My qualm is we go from having Ray written out of the show to having Mona return. Do anyone uh, running the show realize what a terrible trade-off that is? I feel like I may finally drop Legends after the season, which bums me out a bit. Uh, Travis, yes, I've, I'm caught up. Um, and we've been talking about this, you know, uh, on the show for a couple months. How we're, we're really bummed out that... Uh, Brandon Routh and, and 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 Courtney Ford are being written out of the show, and they don't. They seem to not want to go. And as much as I would really hope that this is just a ploy on their part to make it seem like they're not coming back to the show, I don't think they're coming back to the show. And, yeah, I think it's uh, real. Yeah, and I was fine with their exit. The thing, honestly, the thing that sucked the most about their episode about them leaving was that I knew they didn't want to. So I kind of feel like it is unfair. Like, I feel like I'm a little annoyed with, with, with Brandon Routh and Courtney Ford, just because I feel like, you know, if they really cared about the show and loved the show and loved everyone on the show, they would have said nothing. They would have said, yeah, it was time to move on and just move on instead of like making sure everyone felt bad for it. You know what I mean? Like, cause that ruined my experience with the show. Like I didn't feel good about watching it because I was no. like, you know what no, I mean? I, I mean, I, I I get that, but I can go in another direction with it. Uh, it can be kind of honest in a way that we just have to accept. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with what I call coach speak. The the whole, like, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is, and we all move on, and blah, blah, blah. And I get that, but it's it's super boring. Um, this is actually kind of more interesting in a way. Like, yeah, no, they're, they're not there, and that wasn't their choice, and they're not happy about it. Yeah. Feels superhuman in a way. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. As opposed to superhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. No dash. <laughs> All right. We've got uh, we've got something from Chris Balga here of the World's Finest True Believers podcast. Mm-hmm. He says to us, pick any DC television or streaming show that you think needs a changeover in showrunners. Guess what? They choose you. Surprise. What is the show and what is your pitch for the upcoming season? all of all of the things that are on dc on screen is that is that the premise i I mean i guess Ooh, any dc television or streaming show that you think needs a change over in show runners Mm, that's rough do you have something worked out i want i want time to think i um hmm i think uh i'm either tied for supergirl or legends go on uh with Supergirl, I think I would want to. Um, I don't. I don't have like a real super good idea. No pun intended. I just. <laughs> I really want to establish an endpoint for the series mm-hmm. and then reach it. No. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> I. One of the things I don't like about these shows is that it doesn't ever really seem like there would be a point 
where you could say like, and that's the end of the story. Like, I don't like that they are just going to make shit until the stars want to leave, which is what they did with Arrow. I want there to actually be a story told. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths would have actually been a great stepping off point for Supergirl. Like, her sacrifice uh, would have been great. I'm not saying I want the show to end. I'm not saying I want her to die, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying from a storytelling perspective, that would have been a really cool exit. Um, I want there to be Kryptonian mythology. I want there to be a reason for her to be doing what she's doing other than hope. Um, I, I want them to actually like write a story and give me a story. I don't know what that story is. I just, I don't like, the idea of just moving along haphazardly throughout seasons and just going like, well, maybe this, you know, would I mean, it's all been pretty good, but I've, I want the feeling that I got when I watched Lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want the feeling that I have when I'm watching Picard and I'm like, oh, where are they leading to? Oh, where are they leading to? And, you know, as, as much as I enjoy these shows, what I get instead, specifically from, you know, Flash and Supergirl, and Legends to some degree, but Legends is a different thing for me. Um, but what I get from those shows is, you know, here is a minor problem that the characters are facing, and now they are on a rooftop or a balcony or something, and giving one of them is giving the other one a, a pep talk, and it's way too long, way not so much time not devoted to actually solving a thing or real character growth is all just pep talks and crying and shit. I'm just sick of it. Like, I just want to see something. That's not that. I just want to see like a real story play out. And I want the characters to honestly grow, you know, based on their experiences, not on pep talks. Uh, so yeah, I think Supergirl is probably the worst offender for me on that front. Like black lightning actually does a really good job of like actually having shit go down and having yeah. the characters like grow from that. Yeah. Um, and the flash used to be, but this season is not so much. Yeah. This season, which is surprising because it's post crisis and I would be like, eh, you know, the, pre- the, the people who should be you know, <laughs> growing the most from this is probably the flash people, but <laughs> whatever. No, the, the season for them is, uh, <laughs> they're dealing with different things. Uh, when, mm-hmm. actually when you say shit goes down, like I cannot imagine a, a larger piece of shit going down than, the speed force dying. Right. And that felt like nothing happened. Honestly, uh, we're, we're just going to build another one. That's fine. Uh, yeah. If Thawne can try, do it, we can do it, but we're going to have to make sure they do, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Black lightning gets there, but sometimes it seems like it takes a little, a little longer than I'd like to get there. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm not saying black lightning is flawless here. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> Supergirl though, uh, his, to me, this season, one of the most improved shows outright. Hmm. And it has to do with uh, with generally what they're doing with the Luthors. Uh, if, if nothing else, the the uh, Thomas Lennon episode where they just go back through the history of the writing of the last few seasons of that show and just I will kind agree. of poke fun at themselves yeah. from uh, from time to time. Like that was that was maybe my favorite episode of this show to date. Agreed. Me too. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> it, was, um, it was genuinely fantastic. I love the Luthors, uh, but you know we're, we're coming up on what two or three weeks that we haven't had anything from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. John Cryer's an expensive and busy guy, but <laughs> don't make him the main villain. 
if you can't <laughs> give it give it up a little bit uh, they're not necessarily he's just trading off some of his ideas that's all yeah at the uh, moment you know i so i, I think um i i, I want to say supergirl would be the the show the, the the most improved show last year for me so far they've been a little middling but we'll we'll see uh now i i would want to take over legends just because it seems like the most fun and uh i would probably you know get rid of people a lot quicker than they have. So, you know, in one, in one, in one breath, I know I'm saying like, Oh, I don't like it. that Ray and Nora are gone. They don't want to be gone, but I would totally be doing that all the time. Oh, like yeah. give them three four, through. Yeah. Let's have some fun with different characters. Let's, let's do some shit kind of thing. Yeah. Three or four, you know, episode arcs. I get that. And then that person's killed or that person decides to go home or, you know, this. Yeah. But, um, I would definitely get rid of Mona. I don't like Mona, so I've liked her from time to time. I haven't I liked actually her. Really period. like her as a fairy godmother. That's Nora. Oh, Nora. I'm sorry, Mona. Oh, Mona. No. Okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cosign for getting rid of the of the copay. Gotcha. Like, I mean. I I get it. I, I've seen the same problem uh, from people talking about Gary. Like, yeah, it was a fun side character that's become a main character. That what are we doing here? Yeah, I get. Gary I get would be that. gone, and, and my, under that. my regime, Gary would be gone. I don't mind. The, the crazy part is like I I have a very neutral relationship. I guess um, I don't mind them, but I don't love them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I'm. They, if if they just went away and their stories were already done and told, I I, I think I could live with myself. Mm-hmm. But when they're being fun and having moments, I I I get it. Yeah, you know one of the <laughs> one thing that I would probably do is um, I would sort of bring in alternate realities if I could, like or maybe not even alternate realities, not alternate Earths, but uh, I would probably do. Um, like pocket realities that people can channel that that creators channel uh psychically almost basically just as an excuse to have uh a character who's in a like a side dimension that some that they someone accidentally based bebo on and have him like struggle with sarah trying to lead the team and he would just be a huge muscly dude with like blue hair yeah yeah i would do that i'd do that real quick That'd be fun. One of my favorite tweaks at this point, and it would be really fun to to tie it into other universes, would be if Big Blue Bebo was suddenly uh, Blue Devil. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, see yeah, that. just they were redirecting his energy the entire time. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's actually my answer to that question. If I was given showrunner capabilities, then yeah, I would love to run some stuff through the Legends universe. Yeah, but you know, we we know that uh, if we were showrunner, we would have, you know, carte blanche pretty much, unless Guggenheim and company and Berlani said no, but... Yeah. Or Jim I mean, Lee, I was, who knows? If I was truly showrunner, I might start building a show that no one was aware of for a minute, and then it would just be called, like, Blue and Gold. <laughs> that is my outright if you just gave me the reins and a few hundred thousand dollars what i would do yeah it would be blue and gold i think i would i would stick with legends if i was doing also that show. by the way the theme song would be reminiscent of the gray and blue gray and blue um from brave and the bold okay well damn just for funsies um sung yeah. by nathan Fillin of all people <laughs> You're just talking about a spinoff now. 
I mean, he sung that song. I know. Brave and Bold. I know it. Let him do his it. thing. But uh, yeah, I so I, I don't I don't know. I would want to keep the fun of Legends, but I'd make it more tragic and more weird and uh, see what Ben Edlund's doing. Oh yeah, he's free now, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's see. We gotta hurry up here. Uh, Harlequin season two date is confirmed April third. That's on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. They put out a trailer. It looks great. It looks just like the show that I watched a couple weeks ago. So let's do that. Yeah, keep doing what you do. Um, and um, let's see. Do the only other thing I have is that Lyle Wagoner died uh, at 84, and uh, that was. He was actually like down to the wire. He was gonna be uh, the Adam West Batman before Adam West was. Like he was in like they did like a little pilot thing, and they like they did one with him, one with Adam West, and and Adam won. But hmm. yeah, and then he went on to be uh, Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman TV series with Linda Carter, and then he also played Steve Trevor Jr. when the show moved to like more contemporary times. But um, yeah, man. Uh, they said he battled an illness. We don't know what it was, but he, he passed away uh, 84 years old around his family. So hmm. the weirdest thing is like this, this article that I'm reading is like, he posted, he, he posed semi nude in playgirl back in 1973. I'm like, why would you mention that? That's so weird. That they did the same with Stanley and it was really funny. I know that was funny. That dude was funny. Even posing nude. Mm hmm. I mean, he was like laying on a couch with like a, I want to say it was an Incredible Hulk comic in front of his dick. Could have been. I remember it as the Burt <laughs> Reynolds pose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's all I've got, man. That's all I've got. Uh, you know, we've got a couple more questions, but I mean, they're like long ass questions. So we can, <laughs> we can save that for next week. Or um, like Chris Baga asked if... Uh, what are our recommend some of our recommendations to keep our sanity podcast comics tv shows books etc remember all work and no play make chris a very dull boy mm. i can throw something out hellier <laughs> hellier sure. on amazon prime i'll do a podcast uh reply all that is a good podcast that is a good podcast uh hmm i mean really i can probably recommend a ton of stuff if i just I can name like start. a dozen right now but i'm just gonna pick one because that is the time we are allotted yeah, Firefly Serenity. If you haven't seen that, mm-hmm. now's a great time. Or read it. Just order TPBs or keep ordering from stores that, by the way, may not have retail options at the moment. So mm-hmm. please keep ordering so they have that option. Yep. Oh, I'll tell you this. How about this? Um, I've been kind of chomping at the bit to talk about this a little bit, but um, if you are into writing, if you're if you are if you can fancy yourself a writer in any regard. Chuck Palahniuk's book, Consider This, Moments in My Writing Life After Which Everything Was Different, is fantastic. I'm about halfway through it, and it's so dense I have to make notes just to remember what the hell he's talking about, like or what we've already gone over. But like I think it has given me new, a lot of new perspective on writing, and uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's fantastic. So good. Chuck Palahniuk's the guy that wrote Fight Club, if you don't know. He's written a, probably a novel a year <laughs> since he started writing or since he started being published. Yeah. He's one of those where I, I can't believe how much he's written because sometimes I don't hear about it. Yeah. It's it's weird, but it's all good. It's all really good. I, like, I'm sure it's pretty good. He's just, I, I've never had time to dig in, but I believe you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think I'm going to call it, but, you know, I don't know, man. 
in in this time of in this time of uh of uh, quarantine take this uh opportunity to make something mm -hmm. just sit down and create something if you're if you're into that kind of thing that's what i'll recommend yep right sing fucking play whatever uh jason loves you guys i like you a reasonable amount until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. This is your apartment. I need some favors from you. Your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island, and I can't return the favor. Can you give her extra pets for me? After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with Geico? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing. Could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream, you did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you, and your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.